0: Welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. This is the first Sunday of 2021. Some of us thought that the lock on the door got us to this year. Some of us had thought maybe the keypad, the nine-digit keypad, alarm system, got us into this year. Some of us thought maybe because we had a little sign in the front yard that said that we had an alarm system that got us this year. Some of us might even think because we live in a gated community, that's what got us to this year. We even might even think (coughs) that because we have a neighborhood watch program, that got us to this year. But you know what got us into this year? It's God's grace and mercy on our life. Let me pray for you. Father, right now, we are just in awe of how wonderful and awesome you are. Thank you, Lord, for another year to be alive. Thank you, God, that you brought us out of 2020 and into 2021. The year of the possible. Pastor Keith gave us that word. We hold that word to be true, to be yes, and to be amen. Over 7,000 promises in the word of God, and we take a hold of everyone right now. For those that are here today in person, for those that are watching online, God, we take a hold of that word that Pastor Keith gave us. It wasn't the lock on the door that got us to 2021. It wasn't the alarm code. It wasn't the gated community. It wasn't the neighborhood watch. It wasn't the person that, that we sleep next to at night that God is here. It was your grace and mercy. We're grateful for that. God, I thank you, Lord, that we're alive, that we draw breath right now, that there's blood running through our veins, and, God, that our heart is beating right now. I pray right now, just this very moment, as we start this new year, that from the top of our head to the soles of our feet, that God psalms 91 over our church family and those that watch abroad. God, I pray let the angels of the Lord go forward and take all the crooked paths out and make them all straight. God, that none shall come near us, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against us shall be condemned. You are the God that's with us. You are the God of the past. You are the God of the present, and you're the God of the future. You're almighty, and we trust you this year like never before. You're the God that can do the impossible. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. You may be seated this morning. Uh, Just have to bear with me a little bit, I I don't know, I got some allergies and my voice is kind of going in and out, so just stay with me for a moment this morning. You know, I'm grateful, I'm grateful to start a brand new year, I want to say thank you to Pastor Keith and Pastor Sheila, how many are grateful for our senior leaders, our senior pastors, for those of you that are visiting, my name is Jeremy, I'm one of the pastors on staff, I have the privilege to serve this house and serve you as a family, and so we're so honored and grateful that you're here on this first Sunday of January, and what a blessing it is to be in God's house. I mean, what a blessing it is. I, you know, I woke up this morning just with a little bit of pep in my step, a little bit of fire in my bones. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful that God brought me through 2020. 2020, you know, we, we believe it was a year of transformation. We believe it was a year of double-double. Now, because we went through that, all things are possible with God. According to Luke 137, Jesus said, with man it's impossible, but all things are possible with God. I'm grateful for that. You know, I, I, I want to just confess something right off the front of the service for some of you that don't know me, some of you that might know me. You know, um, I've been a Christian for 38 years and uh, I'm not perfect by no means. I've got some challenges in life and I don't want to confess all my challenges because I don't want you to look at me differently, but I've got some challenges. I'm, I'm human. And one of my challenges is um, people, some of them, They don't know how to drive. (laughs) Now, just stay with me for a moment, folks. We're going to go somewhere with this. This, I don't have a lot of irritations in my life, but for those that know me, I live in a five-mile radius. Uh, As an evangelist, I travel for 14 years full-time, 40 weeks, 45 weeks out of the year. So when I came off the road and... Pastor Keith gave me the privilege to work for him. I was so honored. Thank God I came off the road and I get to be with you guys every week. And I get to be in my own bed every night and get to see my family every night. So I'm grateful for that. For the last six years, I've been home. So I'm grateful for that. So I'm thankful I don't get to travel, you know, that I don't have to travel full time, you know, as a, as, a, as a preacher, as an evangelist. So, but one thing, I, I, I live in a five mile radius. I live really close. Like this is my Walgreens right here. This is my Kroger. These are my people. I didn't know me. You know, they know me down dairy Isle. They know me really well. <laughs> and so, uh, so they know me. And so what happened is um, I, I don't really do well with people that don't know how to drive. So what I do, I, I normally don't go out during the 5, 6 o'clock hour uh, in the evening. I don't, I don't mess with it. I don't, like some of you all coming home from work, like I don't, I, I stay until like 6.30 at work, then go home because I want to miss all of the mess and the stuff. So I'm running some errands the other day with my friend Jose and we're running around and, and, uh, and it's kind of getting heated at the traffic, 4.30. It's like you're pushing the limits. Like Now we're getting to the place where I get start getting uncomfortable. But let me just help you folks that don't know this. So this is for some of you that have been driving for a while, maybe you don't, haven't been driving for there's a while. There's a thing called the left lane. Now, now just stay with me for a second now. The left lane is what they call the fast lane. Like, you got to move in the left lane. Like, it's not, it's not the slow lane, the cruise lane, check out the scenery lane. No, this is called the fast lane. It's like people that got to go, get somewhere, got to be somewhere. They got an appointments. They got, they got, they're, they're, they're watching the time. The right lane, <laughs> the, the right lane is more of the you can chill lane. You want a Sunday drive on a Monday afternoon, that's fine. That's the right lane. That's not the left lane. Now, we live in a big city, so there's three lanes, and if you go into certain parts of Dallas, there's four lanes and five lanes, but the middle lane is kind of like the crossover from I'm going slow, now I got to get somewhere lane, and so I'm driving the other day, and we're, and I'm getting a little bit uh, irritated with some people driving in our city, Frisco, and I love all the people of Frisco and all the people of Little Elm and County and all, all of y'all, but I'm getting a little irritated because it's like that 430, and everybody's like, you know, they're not driving. I'm like, bro, we got to get home. We got, we got errands run. We got things to do. So I'm with my friend, Jose, and we're going to run some errands for the church. And I'm in the fast lane, and it's not going fast. Like, I don't understand. If you're going to be in the fast lane, go fast. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's like I wanted to give, you know, the gospel of ludicrous. Move, get out of my way. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't. <laughs> okay, some of you, that's an old song. But anyways, uh, and I wanted to give them that, but I didn't. So I come to this light that went from yellow to red, and I'm in the turning lane, and there's a person in front of me, and I think, okay, we get around this person. We can get to the destination, grab the stuff, get back. We can be back at the church before 5 o'clock. We'll miss all this junk, all the the traffic. This is just a part of me. I'm a pastor. I love God. I've been a Christian for 38 years, but this is just one part of me. I just don't do traffic well. That's why my friends know I live in a five-mile radius. We want to go to dinner? Yeah, let's go try this new place in Dallas. No, let's order it. You bring it to me. I live in a five-mile radius. You know, like I, I, really do try to live in a five-mile radius. That's my target, my Walmart. These are, these are my people. And so, I um, swear so at the light, and the light turns green, and I'm waiting, and I, I don't do nothing. You know, I'm a Christian, so you know, what I'm saying, I, what am I gonna do? I'm a, I'm a pastor here at Elevate Life. I serve Pastor Keith, Pastor Sheila. So I, have, I have, I gotta hold the standard, the line. So I don't beep the horn. You know, I just 40 seconds. Like, okay, Lord, help me. My friend Jose's looking at me like, okay, what's going on? Hey man, <laughs> you don't know, bro. Like, this is my thing. This is you're gonna mess me up right now. Like, you can talk about me, you can do all this, but this is one thing right here that will mess my day up, right here, the driving piece. And I just like, okay. 50 seconds. So I just lightly tap the horn. Beep, beep, like a love tap. Beep, beep, like, God bless you, the lights change us, move, folks. You know, I'm not coming at him angry. You know what I'm saying? I'm not slamming on the horn like, hey, man, I'm mad at you. You know what I'm saying? I'm not doing that. I'm coming from a different approach, more of a Christian approach. Like, beep, beep, God bless you. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? So that's my approach. So nothing happens. Well, I wave my hands in the car. Nothing happens. Roll down the window. Wave. Nothing happens. I move up my vehicle, close to their bumper. Maybe I can get them in their rear view mirror and they can see a shadow. Nothing happens. Now the light changes from green to yellow to red. Now I'm at the light. Now, I don't know how it's ran in Frisco, and I don't want to talk to the people that run Frisco, but some lights are four minutes and some lights are two and a half minutes. We got to get them all on the same pace, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand, like, how you can have one light four minutes, one light two and a half minutes. I got them timed. I know, folks. I live in a five-mile radius. This is, my, this is my world. And so here's what I'm saying. I got to the light, and, 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 and I'm like, okay, man. Now my friend's Jose. He's watching me. He's making sure, okay, you going to be the man of God, live by the fruits of the Spirit, or are you going to... And this is what I thought. There's a lot of times that we sit at the green light of life. Now just stay with me for a second. We see that the light has changed, but we're caught up. For those that drive and do social media at the same time, we're in a different world. The light has changed. 2020 is in the past. The light has changed to 2021. It's a green light. There is possibility. There is a movement. God wants to do something in your life, but you've got to have enough awareness to see that the light has changed. A lot of times we don't have enough awareness to see the light has changed. And we're just sitting there. And there's people that are around us, and my heart this morning is that I would just... Tap the horn lightly on your heart to say, get it, the word is possible. That I would wave my hands to you a little bit as a pastor on staff underneath Pastor Keith and Pastor Sheila. That I would roll down my window and just wave my hands and inch my vehicle up on your vehicle just so that you would get it this year, that you would believe in your heart that all things are possible with God. But if we limit, God, we'll limit the possibilities of God moving in our life. I'm not going to limit God this year. There's a green light. There's a fresh start. There's a new year. This is a year that I'm going to live big. I'm going to dream big. I'm going to give big. I'm going to serve big. I'm going to think big. I'm going for it this year. This is my year. God gave me another year to be alive. He gave me another year to walk. He gave me another year to think. He gave me another year to talk. I'm going to go all out for God. This is the year of possible this is the year. This is the year that God wants us to do something like we've never done before. When Pastor Keith gave that word, I hold on to that word with everything in my heart. You know, the word impossible is not in God's language. He's the God of the, in, he's the, God of the possible. If you look through scripture from Genesis to the book of Revelations, 39, 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament, 66 books total making the word of God, you'll see God doing the impossible through this whole book. The very fact that you're here this morning means God's done the impossible in your life. The very fact that you draw breath means God's done the impossible. I was reminded of this story, read in Popular Mechanic, it's an old magazine, I don't know if it's around anymore, but it's a few years ago, about some engineers talking to a guy who helped lay out New York City, uh, the, the, the streets, and they started from the inner and they worked their way onto the outward and this old-time engineer was talking to some of these young guys and they said how was it in the beginning when you dreamed up the new york city laid out of the streets he said at the time there was only street number seven or street number six and seven that was the only place and we had dreamed of the possibility of getting to 19th street and we called it the boundary street we had dreamed of this possibility of getting to 19th street and it would be called the possibility street And they begin to talk, and he says, uh, well, sir, I don't know if you're familiar with how many streets are now, but there's 284 streets in New York City. A lot of times we limit God by what we can think it can be. Instead of just trusting God and believing God that he can do the impossible. There's no such thing as a boundary street in God's understanding our kingdom that he would have. There's no boundary street with God. God is unlimited, God can do anything. We've gotta believe, we've gotta trust God. I wanna encourage you, like never before, this is the year, this is the year to believe God for your family. If you need healing in your life, God can show up and he can heal you. If you need a, your marriage to restored, God can do that in your life right now, this very second with a snap of a finger or blink of an eye, God can do whatever he wants to do. The name Jesus. I woke up this morning saying that name. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 it says that there's been given a name that's above all names. I have a name. My name is Jeremy. That's my name. My name means fire of God. That's what my name means. You've been given a name. Some of you are grateful for the name you've been given. Some of you maybe question your parents why they gave you that name. (laughs) But you've been given a name. But there's one name the Bible says that's above all names. This name has power. This name can bring healing in someone's life. This name can orchestrate and move things in order that need to be in order. This thing can cause you to be successful, this name. There's a lot of great kings that have been before us, and there's some kings now. They got some great names, but there's a name that's above that name. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, it says there's a name that's been given above all names, and it's the name of Jesus, where every knee will bow, verse 10, and every tongue will confess. Jesus is a great name. Everybody say it with me today. Everybody say Jesus. Come on, say it like you mean it, Jesus. Come on, can't you feel the possible in that name? Can't you feel the energy in that name? Can't you see what God can do in that name? It reminds me of a story in Mark chapter 10. It's one of my favorite stories in all the Bible. Like, I got a lot of favorite stories, but like, this is a story that I love in the Bible. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52, it's seven simple verses. It's a story of a man called Blind Bartimaeus. It's one of my favorite stories, and I've gotten more revelation out of this story in the last couple weeks than I ever have reading this story, talking about this story, even ministering on this story, but it's something powerful. In verse 46, it says that Jesus, he entered Jericho, and then he left Jericho. Now, here it is. Jesus went in. He took care of business. On his way out, he's leaving, and there's this man called Blind Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. He's sitting on the side of the street. This is common practice back then. This is where beggars and this were, is this where people that had disabilities, they would sit and they would ask for people's help. They're on a busy road. All of a sudden there was a lot of commotion that took place. A great multitude, a great crowd followed Jesus and the disciples. All of a sudden, can you imagine this man named Blind Bartimaeus? He's sitting there. All of a sudden, he hears all this commotion, this movement. In his mind, can you can you, can you you understand where he's thinking? Maybe it's the Roman soldiers coming down. Maybe they're going to arrest somebody. Maybe something's happening. Maybe there's disorder. Maybe they're going to try to break. Can you imagine? You're blind. You, 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 you can hear really well because all your other senses have to be now increased. You can smell really well, but you can't see with your physical sight. All of a sudden... He hears through the grapevine that it's Jesus, the son of David. Immediately, immediately the man begins to cry out, Jesus, there's power in that name. Jesus, there's power in that name. Jesus, Messiah, son of David. He begins to cry out. Some of those around him told them to be quiet. Hey, man, be quiet. Jesus, Jesus. It's walking down the, be quiet. But he stayed persistent. Let me give you a couple things, how to, how to see God move in your life this year and how the impossible can become possible. Number one, you got to be in the right place at the right time. Blind Bartimaeus, guess what? He was in the right place at the right time. Pastor Key says that success starts on Sunday. Listen, if you put God's house first, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Guess what? Watch this. When you're in the right place at the right time with the right people, the right things happen. Here he is. I mean, just picture this story. This is why God gave us the Bible, the gospel. It's so simple, but yet so powerful. There's so much takeaways out of this seven verses. He's in the right place. Number two, He hears that it's Jesus coming down the street. He doesn't reason in his mind whether Jesus is the healer or the Son of God. He makes a decision immediately. We lose our faith in the hesitation. We lose the miracle in the hesitation. That's why James talks about it in verse 3 in chapter 3. Don't be like a man that's driven back and forth by the wind or the waves of the sea. When you make a decision, you stick it. Guess what? I've got a belief. Paul said it like this in, in, in Romans chapter 9, verse 38 and 30, 39. He said this, I am persuaded that angels, no, that death nor life nor angels or principalities, no rulers of present, nor height nor depth, nor width nor, nor length can separate me from the love of God. When he made that up, when Paul made that declaration, when he said I'm persuaded, he means I have 100% confidence and belief that God is with me. Guess what, going into this year, you better be persuaded because guess what? Like Pastor Key said, we ain't seen nothing yet. God's going to do something amazing in our church. He's going to do something amazing in our life. I believe that word. So here it is. He's persuaded. There's, there's something in him. He didn't hesitate. You know, you can hesitate on a lot of things, but don't hesitate on the moment that there's a miracle walking by you. Don't hesitate on it. Go ahead and jump on that. Go ahead and, and be a part of that. He doesn't hesitate. He begins to cry out. He stays persistent even though the people around him told him to be quiet. You know what? Jesus is walking. I believe it's in verse 50 or 49. He's walking, and all of a sudden he stops. You're talking a crowd of people. You're talking a multitude. You're talking hundreds of people. And he can hear the little faint cry of blind Bartimaeus. That's so powerful. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, make your request known to God, and he can hear it. You're talking to a guy who's on the sidelines. Jesus, son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops and he hears the faint cry of blind Bartimaeus. And he says, bring that man to me. Immediately those around him said, hey, Jesus wants to talk to you. There's something powerful about persistence. Stay persistent this year. I'm so grateful that God gets in the mess with us. You know, my sister, I have a sister. She's uh, younger than me. She's 10 years younger than me, and and uh, um, she just had a baby, and the baby's two years old, but last year we were there visiting for the holidays, and and this, my little niece, Winnie, she was crying, and, and we, we grew up differently. I, I'll just be honest with you. Like, me and my wife, we're a little older, but yet we look young, so thank you. God bless you. So... We got married when she was 19, I was 14. And then what happened was, no, no, she was 19, I was 23. We got married and uh, we got married young. I mean, really young. And we got two kids, they're teenagers. Jesus, pray for us. Okay, so so here, here, here's the situation. So, So when we were growing up parents, we didn't have all the technology like all the parents do today. I mean, they got kids, they got like baskets that they fold out and it's like a car seat, it's like a stroller, it's like a, it's like a play sit, a center, it's like a, a, a playpen. It, it got all, I'm like, what in the world? Now we had the old school stroller that, you know, you just pulled out and you just kicked the bottom and the thing just popped out, you know what I'm saying? The 1995 Walmart special, that's the one we had, you know, just kicked out and you just strapped your kid in there like, yeah, stay in there. You tied it because the buckle broke because it was so cheap so you had to tie the thing. Uh, any parent? okay, no, okay. Maybe that was just us, okay. So my sister, I go to her house and she's got all this new baby stuff. I'm like, what is all this new technology? I'm like, look at all this cool stuff. We didn't have none of this. Like we, when we grew up, we, we rode bikes without helmets. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's how, we were cool, man. We didn't need no helmet. We didn't need elbow pads, knee pads, shin pads, wrist guard. We, no, we rode in the back of pickup trucks down the highway going 65 miles an hour. Now the kid walks out and he's padded from head to toe like, I'm going to ride my bike, mom. I'm riding my bike. Don't fall down, Jimmy. (laughs) It's like he can't even get on the bike, mom. Look at him. It's okay. It's going to build character. Especially when that chain comes off or the brakes go out. Just let him hit the wall. It's going to help him in life. I can't tell you how many times we set up ramps like, yeah, we're going to jump the trash cans. Let's go for it. The ramp cracks. You hit the trash cans. You roll over. The bike, you know, the pegs are stabbing you in the side. Like, I'm okay, man. Just a little blood. I'm okay. Mom, all right. Call the doctor. We got to get stitches. That's how we grew up. Now you got my sister. Everything is padded. It's like, what is this, man? So my little niece was crying and I went over and they got this like fence mechanism thing. It's like this high and it's like a fence. And it's like a massive play area and it's like... Like what is this thing? I mean, let her just play the whole. You just fence off the whole living room. Just give her the whole living room. It doesn't make any sense. So she's crying. I picked her up and I patted her on her back. I said, "Uncle Jay got you. Uncle Jamie got you. You' gonna be okay, Winnie." And I'm just loving. her. My sister walks by. She says, "Hey, uh, uh-uh, uh put her down. She she needs to cry. We don't we don't want to create this unhealthy habit." I said, I, "Okay." So I put it down. You know. <laughs> keep peace with the the siblings. She walks in the other room. She's crying. Ah, Uncle Jerry got you. Yeah, I got you. It's going to be okay with you. Don't worry. Yeah, your mom, she don't know but Uncle Jerry. So I'm over here doing my thing, you know. I'm the uncle. I'm the crazy, you know, hefty uncle. And I'm over here doing my thing. My sister walks in. Jeremy, I told you. Like, you raise your kids. Let me raise my kid. I'm like, oh, okay, shoot. Well, we we just pulling out blades right now. Calm down, like, easy. Like, okay, my bad. You know what I'm saying? My bad. Okay. When your mom said no. Her mom walks out. But you know what your mom didn't say? That I couldn't get in there with you. So here. <laughs> Come here, Uncle Jeremy got you. You know, and I thought about this. That's what God does with us. Blind Bartimaeus, but God got in it to him with him. He said, hey, I'm not going to leave you over there. Let me get in your mess and help you with whatever you need help with. I'm grateful that God does that for us. I'm grateful. So here it is. He walks up to Jesus, and, you know, he, he, he's being led by someone because he's blind. And then Jesus asks these questions that, that throw me off. I'm going to ask Jesus some questions when I get to heaven. Like, I got a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about the word of God. Like, I believe in all of it, 100%. But there's some things I would have done a little differently. <laughs> I know I'm not God, folks, so easy, okay? You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to say, hey, Jesus, like, you ask the question, what does the man want? You can't tell what the man wants? Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but like, God, God, he's showing up and he's standing in front of you. Jesus, where you at? What do you want? You don't know what he wants? Like in my mind, I'm not like, trying to be, I'm like, God, you know what he's asking for. He wants something from you. He needs his sight. So, blind Bartimaeus makes a request known to God God, I need my sight. This implies to me that he already had sight at one time. He made a request saying, I need my sight. Jesus said, By your faith, it will be done. Go your way. Blind Bartimaeus had enough faith to stand up when the crowd told him to be quiet. He threw off his cloak, the only possession that he owned. He threw it to the side because where he was going wasn't where he used to be. And where he was going was going to provide something from him that he didn't need that old cloak anymore. He was going to get a new cloak because what God was going to do in his life was change and rearrange his whole life. So he walks up and he says, Jesus, I need my sight. And Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Immediately he received his sight. Now watch this. In verse 52, he received insight and he followed Jesus. It's one thing to receive your sight. It's another thing to follow the master that gave you the sight. See, a lot of times we're still sitting at the green light of life. And we got people around us trying to nudge us. Tap that horn very softly. Not to offend anybody. Not to twist anybody's game up for the day. But God wants us to believe that he can do the impossible. God wants us to step out like never before. Get off the sideline of life and go ahead. If you hear Jesus is in the building, then you do whatever it takes to get in the building. If the church doors are open, if you're online and we're streaming and you don't feel safe to come here, it's okay, just turn on the online. Turn off everything else in the room and go ahead and focus in because this is a year of possible. You know what? There's a lot of last names. McDonald's is a last name. Dell is a last name. Fisher Price, two last names. Harley Davidson, two last names. There's a lot of last names out there. Wendy's is a last name. Kroger's is a last name. Walgreens is a last name. Gucci is a last name. Ferrari is a last name. Adidas is a last name. There's a lot of last names out there, and those last names all have limitations. But God has a last name. God the Possible. My friends, He's known as God the Possible. He makes a way where there is no way. According to Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, he said, I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come. I'm the Almighty. Jeremiah 32, 17, I made the heavens and the earth. Is there anything too difficult for me? I'm just telling you something. The last time I checked, according to Psalms 103, verse 2, the Bible says, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, who daily loads me with his benefits every day. Thank God every day is a day of possible. Every morning I wake up, there's something possible that can happen. Every time I get out of bed, there's something possible that can happen. Every time I get in my car, there's something possible that can happen. Why? Because God can make ways where there is no way. I played t-ball when I was a kid, and uh, you know, when you're a hefty kid, there's two things they do when I was growing up in the 80s. You know, thick, hefty, large, round, whatever way you want to call it. My mom used to buy me jeans called Husky. <laughs> Dude, mom, I love you, but please, please, Husky, like come on, man, like we couldn't name them something else, like Levi's Plus, why'd they have to be Husky, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're just branding the brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, help him. Help him make some transitions in his life. Husky. <laughs> anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, don't raise your hand. I don't want to call y'all. You know what I'm saying? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> husky, man. So growing up, you know, when you're a husky kid, there's two things you do. You either play t-ball when you're little or you play the trombone. I mean, the trumpet. I've never seen a skinny trumpet, uh, a trombone player, or a, tr- uh, what is it called? Tuba. Thank you. Tuba player. So I couldn't play the tuba because I, I didn't know how to get the mouthpiece right. And, it's like, and I was last chair, and it's like, no, bro, we, we're good. <laughs> we're good. So my mom and dad signed me up for T-ball. And, uh, man, I had a hard time playing T-ball. I did not have good hand-and-eye coordination. They just set the ball on top of the T. The only thing you got to do is hit the little ball off the top of the T, and you run the first base you know what my dream was i just wanted to get the first base i know oh i know but here's the deal it's okay i just wanted to get the first base man just just kind of get the first base i played really well in practice but in the game i just i it just did not connect i play i thought if you play if you practice well you'll play well that's not true that's not true i don't know what coach ever told you that that is not true that is not you got to have some confidence You got to have some confidence if you want to play well in the game. But man, I remember being up there and I remember just hitting the tee. Coach like, strike one, come on, Jeremy, ball, eye coordination, down the field, run to first, run to first. Everything's out, run fast. (laughs) I remember it never happened. Reminds me of a story. There was a little baseball game going on and it was a little bell of tee ball. It was slow pitch and a gentleman walked by the dugout and he said to the young man that was sitting in the dugout, he goes, hey, what's the score? The kid said, uh, it's 18 to zip. And the man said, uh, are you guys losing? He said, no, we're not losing. We haven't been up the bat yet. And <laughs> you know what I thought about? I thought that's how true it is. Sometimes we're up the bat, you know, and I'm not starting this year off like, uh, Lord, just let me get the first base. No, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust God this year. Just stay with me for a second. I know you're all waiting for the prop, but here's the deal. Just just stay with me for a second. I'm going to trust God this year. I'm going to trust God this year. This is my prayer. God, go ahead and load the bases. God, go ahead and load the bases. You're the God that can do the impossible. Yeah, I struck out as a kid. Yeah, I was that little fat kid that couldn't hit the first base plate. I couldn't hit the tee, but go ahead and load the bases, God. Go ahead and load the bases. They counted me out when I was 12 years old playing T ball. Yeah, they thought I wasn't going to make it. They thought I was never going to be a good baseball player, but they didn't know. They didn't know. They didn't know I got a God that created the game, that could hit the grand slam. Bases are loaded. God, I just asked you to use me. Here's what God's saying. Hey, I don't need you to swing the bat. Let me swing the bat. You just become the runner. You don't, need to, you don't need to run. You, you don't need to swing the bat. You just run. You just run. base are loaded. We're going to get you all home. God wants to do something in your life this year. But you got to believe it. you got to trust God. When you get up to bat this year, every morning you get up, you thank God. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. I'm not looking for a, just a base hit. I'm not looking for a double. I'm not looking for a triple. I'm not looking just to get on base. No, I'm looking for you to do the impossible. Let's go ahead and do the grand slam, God. It might look 18 to zip, but it's all right. We haven't even been up the bat yet. And don't you know who our manager is? He's God Almighty. You know who our coach is? His name is Jesus. You know who our helper is? Our first first base coach is the Holy Spirit. He's going to guide us. He's going to help us. It's going to be okay. I close with this this morning. There was a car wreck a few years ago, and uh, a little boy, he lost, his, uh, he lost his left arm in a car wreck. And uh, he's about 10, 12 years old, right there in that range. And he told his parents that he wanted to play sports, but his parents were a little hesitant to allow him to get in sports. They didn't realize what sports he could play. So long story short, he asked his parents if he could do martial arts. There was a a judo club down the street. Finally, after some time, he convinced his parents to sign him up. His parents signed him up, and they walked him into this judo club, and he met the sensei, the master. And they asked him if their son could do this form of martial arts, judo. The master looked at him, and he said in very quiet words, tone of voice, he said, yes. Not a lot of action, not a lot of energy, enthusiasm, just yes. Well, after about a year of working with this boy, this boy came to him and said, Sensei, I have to ask you one question. Shouldn't I not learn more than just the one move you've been teaching me for this whole year? The sensei said, no, just mastered the one move. And the boy didn't argue, but he thought it was odd. All his other friends in the dojo were learning all these other moves and these techniques and his grappling techniques and all these. But he was only learning one move. Only one move. And then they went to tournament six months later. The boy won his first match. It amazed him. He was super excited. Then he got into round two and he won the round two. He won his second match. He couldn't believe it. Then he won round three. He won his third match. Now he's qualified to go into the championship round. The guy he's going to compete with has been doing this since he was three years old. He's been doing this for 12 to 14 years. He's a professional. He's bigger. He's stronger. He weighs more. He, he, he has a bigger frame. And here's the boy that doesn't have a left arm. He's going to compete against this champion. After some time, the bigger boy makes a move that the little boy was able to grab him and pin him. And the boy became the champion. He was blown away, he could, he could not fathom how he won. On the way home from the tournament, he asked his sensei, how was I able to win the tournament? The sensei said because of two things. Number one, you mastered the one move. Number two, the only defense for the one move is they have to grab your left arm and you don't have a left arm. The very thing that was his weakness became his strength now hear me i'm closing you might have had some weaknesses in 2020 but i just want to remind you according to the calendar of the world we're in 2021 your weaknesses now become your strengths because now you believe that god can do the impossible here's the deal what's the one move My one move is I'm going to trust God this year. My one move is I'm going to pray. My one move is I'm going to believe God. My one move is I'm going to be in the right place at the right time. My one move is I'm not going to let naysayers hold me back from getting close to the master. My one move is whatever people say around me, I'm going to say it. My one move is I'm going to declare some things over my life. I'm going to ask God to speak to my heart. Enlarge my business. Enlarge my family. Give me favor all my life. What's the one move? The one move is I'm going to be right here, God. I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to trust you. So many times we lose hope because we don't realize the God that we serve. My one move is God, this year, According to what Pastor Key said on December the 31st, 2020, the word is possible. My one move is, God, that you would do the impossible this year for us as a church, that you would do the impossible for us as individuals, as family of choice. God, that you would show up and show off. Can I encourage you with one thing? The ultimate one move is to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you've walked away from God. Maybe you've turned your back on God. The good news is God's never walked away from you. The good news is God's never turned his back on you. The good news is God's grace is always there for you. There's no one he can't reach. There's no one that he can't touch. There's no issue that he can't turn around. There's no situation that he can't make straight. There's no need that he can't meet. He's God. He's God the impossible. His last name is possible. God, you're God the possible. For 38 years, I've had a lot of moves. (laughs) Watch out. But the one move I have, I've stayed faithful to God. And God has saw me through everything in my life. Stay faithful this year. Be plugged in like never before. Join a small group. Get involved on a team. Serve. Be somewhere. Get involved. Be in our marriage groups. Be in our youth groups. Get get your kids. Get your young people. I'm just telling you, be close to God like never before. This is the one move. He gives hope to the hopeless. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevatelive forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.